0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the game changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz, high tech. I don't know anybody who won't be interested in this topic. Let's get started. With technology innovations transforming nearly every facet of business, companies have got to assimilate it quickly, or guess what? Poof! Poof! they're going to be left behind that's right that's important to know startups which are already streamlined organizations they're lean and mean and ready to go they have the advantage of being well positioned to adopt and scale high tech they're right in the firing line there and ready to grab it and consume it and do good stuff with it however it's not that easy they have to figure out what kind of innovations to adopt and then if they're going to be suppliers what are they going to sell or supply to their audience so What impact is high-tech having on the startup community? That's one of our first questions today. The second is, let's look at who is funding them, the investors, the money people. What proficiency should they expect the startups to have before they fork over those big mega bucks? I have a panel of three experts. I have one calling in from Bangalore, one from Paris, and one from California. That's a really good geography spread there. I'm going to introduce them to you one at a time. They have each sent me an opening quote. Very interesting quotes today, and you'll get to know them one at a time, so let's get started. First up on the panel is Lamar Williams. He is Chief Marketing Officer, CMO, at Precogs. He sent me a great quote from Langston Hughes, and here's the quote. Hold fast to your dreams, for without them, life is a broken bird that cannot fly. I want to cry, Lamar. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Doing well. (laughs) You're calling in from. Good, good. You're talking to us from Paris. And uh, just quickly, what time is it there and how's the weather? We have to know.
2: (laughs) It's about 10 o'clock in the evening and it's been gorgeous this week. Gotta love Paris when it's sunny.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad. That sounds great. We'll be right over after dinner. Save dinner for us. We'll be after dinner here. We'll fly <laughs> over and great. have a, a breakfast with you. Okay, so Langston Hughes. This is a very interesting quote, and we love quotes about dreams because this is startup focus with Game Changers. So talk to me about how exactly. this applies to high tech. Go ahead, Lamar.
2: Yeah, well, really what um, why it shows this quote was it holds true for startups in development. And pushing through with your dreams and always um, making some changements, adjustments. I think innovation is all about that. And to really excel and grow, you have to have change or else it is like a broken bird. You don't fly. You don't go anywhere. So life is about change. There you have it.
1: Life is about change, and, and let's focus that on our topic today before I turn to our second panelist, Arun Prasad, who is waiting in the wings very patiently all the way from Bangalore. What a great panel we have today. Love it when people call in from around the world. So, Lamar, how does this relate to these dreams and uh, not being a broken bird? We want to fly. In terms of startups and high tech, what's your vision on that?
2: Well, as far as in startups and high tech, I I see... Um, pers- the pursuance of your dreams is really what it's all about. Um, innovation in technology itself um, is that, excuse me, I'm trying to get over a cold here. <laughs> um, you sound fine. Is, <laughs> is all about inflexing uh, innovation within technology. And so, at the basis of that, when you're working within startups, you're creating dreams um, which is your company, and then, uh, with high technology and innovation within that, we can only grow from there so
1: Okay, good starting point. Thank you so much. You can t- we'll give your voice a break, and I'm glad you're feeling well enough to be on the radio with us. Let's turn to our guest calling all the way from Bangalore, India. His name is Arun Prasad. He is the CEO at a company with a number in the begin in the beginning of his name. It's one hyphen enterprise. I love that. And he sent me a quote from Clifford Stoll. I'm going to ask him who that is, and the quote is very interesting. Data is not information. Information is not knowledge. Knowledge is not understanding. Understanding is not wisdom. There's a lot of knots in there. Arun Prasad, welcome. How are you? Hey, great. I'm I'm doing fine. Thanks, Bonnie. For Thanks ma- for... for having me on the show. Oh, we're delighted to have you. Tell us. I asked Lamar the same question. What time of the day or night is it in Bangalore, and what's the weather? If you can see outside.
3: Yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, around two thirty in the morning. Ah. and uh, it's pleasant, yeah, it's not very cold.
1: Okay, well, I'm glad to have you, and thanks for staying up very, very late to join us. We're very honored to have you, Arun. So talk to me. Clifford Stoll, is this your favorite quote? And it's a great quote for our show, Startup Focus with Game Changers. Relate that to high-tech for me, please, Arun, and tell me about Clifford Stoll.
3: Yeah, see, Clifford Stoll uh, uh, is, I I would consider, is uh, one of those uh, big-time thinkers, and uh, you know at least has a uh, profound influence on me for quite some time now uh, so there's been uh, some uh, pretty good uh, uh, quotes from uh, uh, clifford uh, but what caught my attention here or uh, always has me wonder is uh, in today's age uh, especially with smartphones and uh, the amount of internet penetration uh, you know so much amount of data and information flowing around and uh, uh, but at the same time is it making us wiser uh, are we able to make the right decision after uh, you know with having so much amount of data has always been on my mind and since we are a data analytics company uh, this definitely makes sense makes <laughs> very logical you know data is not information and then it does not mean just because we have data that we have knowledge and just because uh, uh, you know and since we don't have knowledge does not mean that we have an understanding and then it does not mean we have wisdom so Uh, You know, traditionally, I feel that uh, ultimately with age and with uh, experience, wisdom should come in. And so it has always been on my mind uh, to really wonder whether with all this data, we're still uh, smart PR.
1: Very interesting perspective. What I want to know, Arun, and I'll I'll talk a little bit about Clifford Stoll. I just Googled him and and found his bio. New to me, but very interesting man. I want to know, if data is not information, information is not knowledge, knowledge is not understanding, understanding is not wisdom, how do we turn one of these pieces into a positive? When do we gain the wisdom we want if this thread is telling us what it's not? What's your thought on how do we use that data to gain knowledge, gain understanding, and become wise. What's the clue here? Do you have one for me?
3: Yeah. Uh, See, uh, since since we are the business analytics area, uh, uh, you know, uh, once we have data, definitely the point is to make sense out of this and then uh, help us in our decision-making And uh, majority of the times, uh, you know, the crunching of uh, data leads us to insights into uh, it could be either a business process or it could be understanding a customer better or understanding the behavior of the customer or uh, sometimes as an inventor, you always wonder about, uh, you know, how is your end user consuming this uh, technology? So the more you understand about uh, various different aspects, which is very deep down, this conversion of data helps us get there towards wisdom and I don't think anybody has got a magic spell or formula to say that they have cracked this but uh, Mm -hmm. you know the strive by mankind is always to uh, what you call uh, uh, get wisdom and and uh, you know, I'm also as confused, <laughs> you know.
1: It but is indeed very, very wise. Yeah. You're, you're wise. Who knows that we're still looking for wisdom? Just allow me an aside here. Clifford Stoll is an American astronomer an author best known for his pursuit of the hacker, Marcus Hess, in 1986, and the subsequent book in 1989, The Cuckoo's Egg, which details his investigation, born in 1950 in the U.S. Very interesting. Thanks for the reference, Arun, and thanks for setting this up. And we're going to turn to our third panelist today who has been waiting so patiently to be introduced. His name is Faraz Hoodboy. He is director of outreach ecosystem and innovation at AT&T, hardly a startup, but we're going to talk about innovation with him. And here's the quote for Roz sent me, innovating at scale is a lot harder than it looks. At our scale, we need to build a new Fortune 500 company or two every year. OMG, welcome for Roz Hoodboy. How are you today?
4: Delighted to be on. Thank you for
1: having me. Thank you, my pleasure. So talk to me about this quote and, and we have that magic word innovation which Lamar brought up and I believe Arun brought up. So talk to us about scaling.
4: So you know, from 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 our perspective and you know, to give you a little context, I, I'm looking at this as a new person to AT&T and a person with a startup, uh, background as an entrepreneur. So, mm-hmm. um, when I'm looking at it, uh, from the perspective of a startup looking into it, coming up with a new business that's, that's building out, you know, twenty, fifty million 50 million dollars a year in revenue is a pretty healthy business. Unfortunately, when you come into a company the size of AT&T, which is doing close to 150 billion dollars a year, um, you know, doing something that, 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 that generates new revenue of 20, 30, 50, 100 million dollars a year, just doesn't move the needle. Nobody cares. And so, mm-hmm. when you're trying to do innovation at very large scale, you're looking at being able to um, create opportunities that, that, that frankly, most startups don't need to think about at that scale. So, so when you're a large company like AT and T that's been around for over 150 years, you're really looking uh, for opportunities that, um, that, that, that scale in ways that that are. Um, that that meet the the uh, strengths that we have right now and become logical extensions of our business um, but at the same time have the opportunity to open up new billion dollar frontiers and you know if you look at that in terms of scale of what 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 comes into the fortune 500 scale we're really talking about building a new fortune 500 company every year just to sort of maintain the the the, the stage of where we're at right now
1: Appreciate that. And, and Faraz, let me ask you, in terms of our topic today, high-tech, uh, well, I haven't given the actual formal topic, which is startups and high-tech a distinct advantage. How much pressure is on a company like AT&T to find that next great high-tech innovation and innovate at scale and, and set the pace or raise the bar for everyone? What kind of pressure is that on you?
4: Oh, I think it's fantastic uh, pressure, and I think it's a wonderful – competitive uh, world in which we live, in which uh, we have to keep on innovating. I mean, the company's been around for 160 years, um, and it, it is, is responsible for many of the technologies that we take for granted every day. Um, and even today, you know, at and is getting granted 10 patents a day, uh, which Ooh, is a phenomenal Wait, wait hold
1: rate. on. Say that again. Say that again? How so, many?
4: So we, we get granted about 10 patents a day. So we 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 are a very we have a rich history of innovation and creating new technologies. Um, the the you know ability to take those technologies and build real businesses out of it is is um, is a lot harder than it looks, um, and it is necessary to be doing that at a very large scale in our context. So you know there's a lot of work that keeps on happening. Um, and what we because companies or people when you 're looking at businesses you 're looking at it through the lens of certain big events that happen, and we 've been very close to leading those big events um, pretty much every uh every year every century every decade every you know for the past few centuries.
1: Very interesting. The pressure is on all the time, especially in your job as Director of Outreach Ecosystem and Innovation at AT AT&T. That's the big word. Thank you, Faraz. I'm going to circle back to the other two members of the panel, and I'll, I'll hit you back again, Faraz, and ask Lamar Williams at Precogs. Lamar, we'd love for our audience to know a little more about your company. So just describe What was the gleam in the eye? Why was Precogs brought to life? And what do you feel is your role in terms of a startup as far as having that distinct advantage in introducing, adopting, and purveying high tech? Talk to me, Lamar.
2: Well, Precogs was created um, just as a business analytics company to offer supply chain solutions to help electronic manufacturers cut costs. So the way that we do that is through um, identifying individual component disruptors to increase productivity in supply chain, as well as comparative analysis of electronic components, negotiated prices with global market, And so how that fits into technology is it's all about data. And Mm -hmm. we, kind of what um, Arun was talking about previously, it's about the understanding of data and really conceptualizing it uh, for uh, our clients. So that's what we do.
1: Okay. How long has Precogs been in existence and were you part of the startup team or are you?
2: Yeah. Um, Actually, Precogs was started back in 2011. 2011. And I came on actually last year uh, in July. I was not one of the original people that was on the startup, but um, still in the beginning stages um, in July of last year, I came on and started helping on the marketing and business development side of things.
1: Interesting. I notice here in your bio that you're one of the first people in your family to go to a university, and it wasn't enough to just go. You have two bachelors in communications and psychology, and an MBA in strategic business analytics. Bravo to you. That's a lot of education, and I admire that. So my question is: with your degrees in communications and psychology, wh- how did you get into high tech like this? Just tell me briefly, and then we're oh, going to move on to Arun. Yes. Oh my.
2: <laughs> well, um, actually, as I grew up in California and uh, started my education there and spent um, a large portion of my work history in the US and I came to France the last in three years ago and completed my MBA in the southern area, picked up uh, French and have always had a love for technology. And which is why I did strategic uh, business intelligence, business analytics uh, for my MBA. And I've wanted to work in the startup community, so I thought, what better way? But I did it in France. <laughs> Very <laughs> Rather interesting. Than back in the U.S. in the Silicon Valley traditional way, um, I wanted to do something different, so that's why I'm here.
1: Wow, well that's a very interesting story. Thanks for indulging my questions and let's talk to Arun Prasad, CEO at One Enterprise. Arun, tell us a little bit about One Enterprise and I'm looking at your bio. I'll find a quick quiz question for you too. So, tell us about your company, please.
3: Yeah. So, uh One Enterprise uh, was founded uh 13 months ago. So, we are 13 months old.
1: Very and, new. Uh, <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, very new. So we are uh, three founders there, uh, colleagues uh, in our earlier uh, uh, work, and then uh, we generally come from the management consulting background, where we mm-hmm. help. Uh, like Lama was talking about, he helps on the supply chain. Uh, similarly, we help uh, on the uh, high tech industries to actually help them improve their uh, productivity and. Uh, help them do much better with whatever they already have. And uh, uh, so so uh, as a part of this, we, what we were looking at is uh, we fashion ourselves as uh, management consultants with technology enablement. So uh, we are also in the analytics space. So we have a solution called a telematics, uh, which can uh, pull in data from machines. It can pull data out of structured data. It can pull data out of unstructured data. And, uh, so this solution is a real-time solution for high-tech, uh, uh companies. And, uh, recently we got that certified by SAP. Uh, so it's on SAP HANA. And, uh, so this mm-hmm. has been our background. So we already have around uh, 10 customers, uh, because where uh, we are, uh, helping them, uh, analyze their complex data and hopefully they are making a difference in their, uh, uh, you know, business.
1: I'm sure you are and I have to mention to the audience that Arun Prasad is the national award winner from QCI an Indian government agency and he won an award for implementing best management practices and impacting business results in 2007. Thank you Arun, pleasure to meet you and thanks for joining us again. uh, Interesting, interesting background and last but not least of course Faraz Hoodboy at AT AT&T. Faraz, tell us a little bit about your role as the director of Outreach, Ecosystem, and Innovation at AT&T. We already have your quote about scaling and the pressure on AT&T to be a leader, to be at the vanguard of, of high-tech all the time. But how did you get into this role? This is a very bold role. So tell me a little <laughs> bit about, about your area, your department. How big a team do you run? Talk to me.
4: So so we're part of the uh, Ecosystem and Innovation team at AT&T, and what we're responsible for doing is uh, you know, we're part of our CTO org, and we're really looking uh, to work with innovators in, in the broader ecosystem outside of AT&T as well. So what we try to do is meet with um, innovators and we define those as, you know, stage agnostic. It could be uh, researchers at Stanford who are working with some of their PhDs. It could be um, uh, uh, new entrepreneurs. It could be uh, startups, um, you know, who are as big as, uh, you know, two people to as big as 2,000 people, um, as well as uh, large companies like the Googles and Yahoo's of the world and their innovation centers. So we're Constantly uh, meeting with with uh, uh, innovators to look at new technologies and see how they may uh, make sense for AT&T. So I'm, I and my team meet with probably about 500 to 600 companies a year. Um, mm. And and so we look at everything uh that is of interest to AT and T, and you know, given our size, there's a lot of things that we find interesting. Pretty much, you know, everything from software to silicon to services to um, uh, wearables and retail technology, as well as um, power sources. Um, you know, we 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 have a, a place somewhere in the universe in, every, in everything except biotech.
1: Interesting. And I have to give a little tidbit here from your bio to play fair here, level the playing field. Faraz is an engineer with a BSc degree from Rensselaer. He's the co-author of Applied XML, a toolkit for programmers. I'm an ex-programmer, I have to tell you that, which was one of the first 10 books on XML. I predate that. And outside of AT&T, Faraz actively mentors mentors startups and entrepreneurs. He is also a course mentor to the entrepreneurship and venture finance classes at UC Berkeley. School of Engineering and High School of Business. I am in good company today. My goodness. You know what? You've all been working so hard answering my questions. I'm going to give you a break, but not a long one. About a minute and a half. Michael's going to take us out in a second, but let me remind everybody you're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. Delighted today to be speaking with Lamar Williams at Precogs, Arun Prasad at One Enterprise, and Faraz Hoodboy at AT AT&T. We'll be back right after the break. Don't even think Think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Oh, you know the drill. Michael, out.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like Big Data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line? If you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big Data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit w www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers. Your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line: you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup focus with game changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to startup focus with Game Changers.
1: Yeah. And speaking of Twitter, we've got a very active tweeter on our behalf today, capturing the words of wisdom from my esteemed guests. We've got Tom Flanagan tweeting as himself and also as SAP Radio. There's an underscore there, so join the fun at hashtag SAP Radio. You know how to do that. Tom is tweeting and capturing all the interesting thoughts coming out of our guests' brilliant minds, and uh, we'll have a record of what they said on the show that way. So, Lamar Williams, I'm going to start off the roundtable with you, you for precogs. I want to talk about the, the, the big thing that's crossing everybody's mind. We keep talking about big data. You told me before the show, you said big data is currently used across industries as a marketing tool, but with very little explanation around it. Let's level set this and then I will ask Faraz and Arun to chime in as well. So Lamar, how are they using it as a marketing tool and, and what needs to be explained by whom to whom? Let's talk.
2: Well, I think that big data has been overall been used to promote uh, technology and the changes in technology, but uh, from a marketing standpoint rather than from the actual um, basis of what it actually does. What What is big data? Mm-hmm. Um, and the general principles of, say, Aggregation analysis, uh, the technical aspects of it, I think, have been missing, and the importance of it, in that it's changing uh, regularly from one into the next. Uh, we'll be presenting next week at CBIT, and it's another, um, it's an event that's talking a lot about big data and what it means to innovation and technology, and it's all about transformation. I believe that's uh, really the aspect that I wanted to talk about was the technical end of things uh, mm-hmm. that seems to be missing from big data.
1: Okay. Arun, you want to comment on that, please? Yeah, uh, I, I, I do
3: agree. Somewhere uh, it, it, It's like uh, uh, the whole world is missing the soul and then uh, generally talking uh, about uh uh, you know the marketing side of this. I I too do, uh, do agree. So uh, this a lot of buzz around. If you ask me, but the meat is uh, uh, lost out. So uh, I do I do agree. I think uh, it's it's much more uh, technical and much more uh, difficult. And uh, uh, you know uh, that side of uh, that is uh, really not really brought out. and More focus is on how this is useful, more from a marketing standpoint. I do agree, please.
1: Interesting Faraz, thoughts.
3: So,
4: so I have a couple of thoughts. Um,
1: you know, yes. W- uh,
4: one of them is you know exactly to their point. You know, nobody drops out of school to start a big data company. You can't. You need the science <laughs> and you need the math for it. So, so for the technology,
1: I do that. Thank you for the reality check, Tom. You have to tweet that. For us, say that again. I want Tom to get it. What did you just say? Nobody. Uh,
4: nobody drops out of school to start a big data company, right? Brilliant.
1: You, 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 <laughs>
4: okay. you need the, the the math and science for it. Um, but you know, the 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 reality is, you know, and I've seen maybe fifty companies in the big data space, um, and and you know, there are a lot of different. You know, it's an overused term um there there you know there is the science part of it that there are massive amounts of data you've got to sift through it to uh, uh earlier point that you know data is not uh information in that entire chain that's exactly true so you've got to be able to find both the needles in the haystack as well as find the trends and overall uh analysis of the data that said i think a lot of the big data companies are really you know not understanding the the um the real value in the the data and Trying to uh, narrow the, the the value against actual revenue generating opportunities. We we have this tendency in, in industry to go around calling big data the panacea and it's just a wonderful thing. But really, if you, mm-hmm. if you narrow it down to specific use cases that are going to generate real money. That's harder to 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 quantify. It's harder to find those specific cases, and once you do, does it really justify you know a billion dollars worth of collective investment in being able to to find those needles in those haystacks? So you know when so so I'm trying to get it really focused down to where are you going to really get the benefit of big data.
1: I appreciate that. I want to take the big word and move it into the realm of startups versus big companies, not to put down any startups that think they're really big or that are selling and dealing with and consulting with big enterprises. But I want to take a talking point that Faraz, you sent me before the show. And let's see if we can play with this one. You say, startups by definition are better at innovation than big companies. Big companies, by definition, are better at scaling. Can you explain that and then i'm going to ask Arun and Lamar to chime in on this go ahead for us
4: sure so you know the 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 nature of the beast in in large companies is you know to to be steady predictable show uh uh you, you know show that you're Hitting your goals and objectives in a in a very measurable way, and you know just the, the nature of that beast forces um, everyone, from managers to to individuals, to try and set expectations as low as possible so that you don't um, uh, fail to meet your objectives. And and you know the the downside of that is that there becomes quickly a a, a race to um, do the minimum amount possible to to get your job done. And mm-hmm. and whereas startups, when they're coming at it, they're not going to be found interesting if all they do is um, good enough. They have to raise the bar. They have to do the, the quantum leap function ahead. And so by definition, they have to be innovators and have to be the ones who, who, who take on challenges that other folks are just too scared to do. Um, on the flip side, once you've found those areas and you want to try and take them out to a very large audience and 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 provide a a service or 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 a new product out there that gets to tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people, you kind of need the operational excellence and efficiencies of large companies to be able to maintain and manage those channels, whether it's supply chain, manufacturing, distribution, billing support, all of those things have to be done like clockwork. Otherwise, it just doesn't scale well. So that's kind of the, the, the genesis of that quote.
1: Thank you. And I want to add Lana, one more comment. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, Arun, please. I'm
2: going to jump. jump. No, this is oh, Lamar. I'm going to Lamar, thank you. And I uh, I agree with uh, Faraz on that because, um, and I can keep it really simple, for startups, uh, for many of us, we don't have the levels of hierarchy either that larger mm-hmm. companies have when you are innovating. It helps to, when you're starting something new or you want to start something new, to not have a lot of barriers to entry. And I think that's what startups have. We're, able, we're agile. We're able to move there, um, sometimes there's not a lot of people within the organization, so I can talk to the person that's next to me and say, hey, do you want to do this, and mm-hmm. move with it. And I think that's the difference between, say, a company such as AT&T, where there are different levels that they would have to go through uh, before a certain action could be uh, started.
1: Exactly. And that's why I mentioned in my opening, startups are lean and mean. And let me add one more thought from Faraz to this, Lamar and Arun. I want one of you to comment on this. He says, to be of interest to big companies, entrepreneurs need to think big, really big. Lamar, what's your experience with that? How big does precogs have to think to attract clients who are the major players? What's your experience?
2: I, I think this is something that we have to play into every day. Um, ah. this isn't, it starts when you um, are ready to even start on a new business. It's all about thinking big. If you're thinking that I only want to have um, one client, then what's the point of doing anything uh, grandiose? Uh, to use something that's more French. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's,
4: it's,
2: you really are out there to build something and to, uh, capitalize on it. So, yes, I definitely think that, uh, organizations or startups have to be one, like I mentioned, agile. And mm-hmm. that allows them to expand and think bigger because I'm going to be thinking about not just one company, but a, a thousand companies who um, precogs would go after. We're not, we don't want to be in just in France. We want to be in the U S we want to be in Germany. We want to help companies around the world. We're not just thinking uh French centered, like, so that's
1: just, that's my thought. Thank you very much. Appreciate. Arun Prasad, let's hear from One Enterprise. What are your thoughts about thinking big as an entrepreneur and attracting the attention? I know you have a very interesting history of doing hundreds of consulting assignments, so you already know that space. But from the perspective of the recently born company, One Enterprise, how big do you think? And like Lamar at Precogs, do you have to do this every single day, Arun?
3: Uh, yes, I think. Uh, see, see, uh, uh, I, uh, one of the thing is, uh, see, everybody's standpoint is, uh, you know, small industry, uh, you know, the small enterprise brings in agility actually, you know, or a, a startup brings in agility. Uh, okay. I, I totally agree with this, uh, uh, one thing. And, uh, one of those particular things along with agility comes with how big is your idea. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, how deep is your idea too. And uh, uh, I think my experience. Is, see, I've I've been with startups before. This is my fifth startup, uh, so I've been oh. kind of a serial entrepreneur. Wow. So, uh, so you have to reinvent yourself. You have to sharpen your knives every other day, uh, and uh, think big. No doubt about it. And and uh, with regarding to the earlier point, uh, Bonnie, I just found some statistics. See, a small company, uh, you know, innovates and commercializes a product on an average of 3.6 years uh, for idea or a product, whereas the large companies take 5.8 years to commercialize that. So that's where the agility comes from a small company. But uh, I totally agree. We are good at inventing. Uh, You know, we are a flat organization. We can do things quickly. But then uh, to play the long role, that is where it becomes extremely difficult and the large companies are very good at managing this. So, even my thought is uh, small companies good, or the startups are good at innovation, but the big guys are good at selling actually, you know. So, I think uh, that's where, uh, uh, you know, the tipping point is uh, where uh, on one side you can come out with something, uh, you know. I li- li- like to say, uh, you know, it's nice to parent something, you know, get a kid out, Uh, But Mm you definitely need a nanny to take it forward, you know.
1: (laughs) That's another tweetable moment, Arun. I want to bring something else into this. I want to talk about attracting talent. I'm going to quote something that Lamar Williams at Precog sent me before the show and have Lamar start first and then the other two uh, of our gentlemen on the panel comment. Lamar says, and he couches this as an opinion, he says, I think there is an obsession with high-tech companies that centralize their business around... Around the consumer products and services market, promoting what might be considered sexy, in quotes, and fun, in quotes, to the public. The result is a movement of talent to positions at companies that cater to the consumer market. So let's talk a little bit about who is sitting and doing this grindstone work Arun's talking about and Lamar's talking about every day you have to be on the cutting edge and you have to be thinking about the next big idea and how big are you going to expand your nascent company. So Lamar, talk to me. When does the sexy and fun come into this grindstone life you're leading in Paris? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, well, the sexy life is always in Paris.
1: <laughs> uh, uh-huh, thank you. <laughs> we'll be right, we will be right over after the show. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Um, but,
2: yeah, I think that there is a large focus, and, I mean, it sounds more, um, it sounds grander than what I was actually, uh trying to express, but the consumer market is much more focused. Uh, We have the social medias of the world, uh,
3: the Facebooks,
2: and I think talent is uh, lured by those aspects to a degree. And there's still a need for talent on the technical end of things, whether it be for um, manufacturing, uh, technology for manufacturing ends, because it is manufacturing is what builds the products. So it's it's not just consumer focus that um, should be considered sexy. The people that are actually behind the lines building products, that's also sexy. So why wouldn't you want to create technology in that aspect as
1: well? Good question. Good rhetorical question. Faraz at AT&T, you want to comment on that position?
4: Uh, well, well, you know, the, the, the reality is getting great people is what builds great companies. Um, yes. You, you absolutely... Have to hire the best and and uh, incentivize them to to be with you and um you know we're 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 uh, as as we're growing business areas um you know hiring uh um, um, very, very um, aggressively right now, going to some of the best colleges in the world as well as working with, um, you know, the, the best uh, firms to find the best talent in, out there. You just have to. There is no other way to build a strong business unless you have the best people working with you and around you. Um, and, and that creates a reinforcing culture. So if you get good people, they hire other good people. And in fact, you know, this is a trait that I've seen um, across the board, in, in in sort of the defining criteria of successful people is they hire people who are smarter than themselves. So mm-hmm. you know, for for every great leader that you know, they're surrounded by people who are probably a lot brighter than them. But what they've been bright enough to do is hire those folks, and that's what makes their life. Um, what what gives them the ability to make great things happen.
1: Okay, now you said nobody ever drops out of college to start a big data company, but certainly they might drop out with the lure of an exciting high-tech company that has a sexy and fun workplace that is on the cutting edge, that does think big, that is after capturing a huge market share from zero to wow in how many seconds. So Faraz, what's your standpoint uh, in your position at innovation at AT AT&T in terms of young people coming out of college with just enough Big data, just enough high technology to be attractive as a workforce. We're,
4: we're really excited about it. I mean, here in, in, the, mm-hmm. in the boundaries uh, where I work out of at and um, we, we have a lot of folks with startup backgrounds. Um, you know, we have people. You know, and in, and in, in this is just a personal observation, but I found that the the, the best entrepreneurs, um, the best technology entrepreneurs, are people who start in a PhD program and then don't, and then have the the the, the good sense to not finish it. Um, historically, <laughs> I've found those are the best. Uh, entrepreneurs because they get the technology and they get the fact that they don't really have to specialize uh, to the extent where it becomes meaningless. They specialize enough to get the right stuff done.
1: They have the common sense, the good sense not to finish the PhD. That's interesting. You're full of uh, bon mots, and I know that Lamar knows what those are. Absolutely. Arun, talk to me about workforce, about people coming out of which program would appeal to you at One Enterprise. How much education, let's be specific, do you require people to join your team at your startup? Arun Prasad? Yeah.
3: Hey, um, uh, See, we look at two areas uh, since we do a lot of management consulting. So, we do look at, uh, uh, you know, people who are uh, management graduates, uh, uh, you know, uh, who are trained mainly at problem solving and some of those particular things from a business standpoint. And at the same time, since we are uh, handling big data uh, and uh, uh, such kind of aspects, so we also look at data modelers, uh, people, again, bright kids out of school uh, who can write decent codes, who can write some algorithms which makes it much more smarter. So we look at such kind of people, but uh, definitely being a startup, uh, it's one big disadvantage to actually attract talent, especially uh, in a country like India, uh, Mm -hmm. where, uh, uh, you know, so much amount of people around, uh, but still to attract talent into a small company is quite a challenge.
1: It absolutely Uh, is. uh,
3: Yeah, so so, uh, at the same time, uh, especially to work in a, a, a startup where uh, structures are more flat and uh, processes evolve, business processes evolve with time. So you need flexible people too. So, uh, you know, so it's difficult to pick people at the same time. You might not get whom you want and the guys who want to join you are not whom you want actually, you know. So uh, that way you have, so it cuts both sides. But... Uh, uh, you know, but it's fun, actually. Uh, let, let me tell you, this has been a great journey, uh, especially in this area where uh, whenever you are uh, accosted with a challenge, that's what brings out the best in people, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean that way, <laughs> and attracting talent, but uh, we do have a uh, uh, what you call uh, 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 a nice thing. So, uh, people are uh, having a different bent of mind who actually try to come and join a startup, uh, you know, that's uh, been my experience in the past and the experience even now.
1: Thank you, Arun. I want to let's see. We're going to have four minutes until we take a break, and you all have very much earned that break. But before we go to break, I want to bring up a point that Arun, you sent me before the show, that is very intriguing to me. I think it's fun and sexy, but you'll have to tell me if I'm right. You say inspiration from Iron Man. Will pawn off many robotic innovations we haven't even mentioned robotics. that's a fun area. So what did you mean by this? inspiration from Iron Man? How does that relate to our conversation Arun Prasad
3: yeah see, uh, uh, see one one of the things that actually uh, see there, there are different uh, things that inspires uh, 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 you know innovators uh, you know from time uh, uh, you know, there have been greater moments which uh, inspires... Uh, and there's a certain, uh, uh, what do you call, innovation that actually happens in patterns if you look back. Now, if I remember my childhood, uh, uh, Star Trek, for example, you know, that mm-hmm. TV series and the movies that came in, now oh, that yeah. uh, brought in a lot of focus, uh, uh, you know, and uh, there were, that influenced inventions in a particular manner, actually, okay? So now if you look at in the same pattern... Uh, somehow I feel that Iron Man uh, with with those gadgets, which is a combination mm-hmm. of hardware, software, uh, uh, you know, uh, with with a lot of things actually happening. It's a complex uh, kind of a gadget, and uh, uh, robotics, uh, which is I feel, is the future where uh, more and more of. Uh, drones and, uh, you know, robots or what will rule, or rather where we will depend on uh, as people going in the future. Uh, I strongly feel that uh, this movie is going to push a lot of inventions in a particular manner, you know, in in robots around this area.
1: Thank you. Great point. I want to give Faraz and Lamar each a chance to comment on this. Lamar, you want to go first? Iron Man?
2: Yeah, yeah I... I I actually was gonna bring up a point on, on that. I was just reading today um, out of Australia. There I don't know uh if Arun had heard about this, but there is a new armor uh suit that's made of high technology that uh startup is using to test um, on martial arts. So that people can martial artists can get into these suits And um, test it out on each other. I mean, obviously, it's regulated. Mm -hmm. Um, So, no one is truly injured. (laughs) Truly uh, injured, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) But they can actually uh, read uh, your movements, how hard a punch was taken. Um, And I thought that was very interesting. I don't know if that led into your Iron Man ideas, uh, but I thought that was an interesting aspect uh, that they talked about.
1: I love that. Thank you, Lamar. And uh, for Roz, you want to comment on Iron Man and Star Wars and all those high techy wow movies that have certainly inspired a lot of people, and I guess a lot of companies. For uh, us,
4: I, I, I think it's a uh, it, it's an absolute truism that that you know um, you know Arthur C. Clarke and, and and all the rest of them sort of helped define. Uh, the, the vision of, of where science would end up uh, being manifested and, and, you know, comic books and, and, and sci-fi have done a phenomenal yes. job of, of painting the, uh, painting uh-huh. the uh, uh, picture for us or our mental picture of what technology could manifest itself as. You know, the tricor- tricorder in, in Star Trek in many ways has already manifested oh. itself uh, through the cell phone. Um, where you can talk to it, you can detect all kinds mm-hmm. of things. You can control your your home automation systems. Your that's security right systems. We're 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 very much there, but we're intuitively able to map our realities to at some level what we saw decades ago in terms of where technology could potentially go. And so there isn't an, uh, an, an inherently uh, uh, super important place that 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 sci-fi plays for us in in painting our imagine in showing us what what could be possible uh, what can be and you know to the point of robotics and in iron man you know some of my students at at Berkeley are actually working on uh, uh prototypes right now for um facilitating uh um walking and uh, uh running movements for um people who are uh paraplegics or um mm. disabled from the waist down who can now walk as a result of uh these the, uh, you know they're kind of like iron man uh, body suits, but just from the waist down that help them perform walking and mobility tasks. Um, so, so we, the future is, is, is happening right now as we speak it.
1: Very interesting. And you know what they say, don't do well in your life, do good. And that sounds like it is applying technology to doing good. You know what? I'm going to give you all a break of just about one minute. When we come back, it'll be very tight. We'll have about seven minutes till the end of the show. And we're going to look ahead five years. If we had this conversation five years from today, and I would love to get back together with all three of you in five years, if not sooner, what would you be saying about startups having a distinct advantage in terms of high tech? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Star. Startup focus with game changers. We're going to take one last break. When we come back, I'll find out what the future looks like—rosy and bright, or a lot of interesting, sexy, fun robots out there. We're talking to Lamar Williams at Precogs, Arun Prasad at One Enterprise, and Faraz Boy at AT and T. Michael, take us out, and we'll come right back out.
0: With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line? You need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers.
1: Here we are, and we're looking ahead five years to 2019. I'm going to ask my esteemed panel to take a look into the crystal ball or whatever it is that they use to see the future and tell me, do you think startups will still have what we call a distinct advantage in terms of finding and using and selling and supplying and promoting and taking advantage of commercially high-tech. So let's start off with Lamar Williams in Paris from Precogs. Not feeling too well, but we really appreciate your dialing in today. Lamar, talk to me. Five years from today, what would you be saying about high-tech and startups?
2: Well, in five years, I think things are going to be advancing pretty quickly. Uh, we were just talking about robotics I would also throw in 3D printing is mm-hmm. going to be the norms. Technology will transform the way that we live every day. Um, we can already see it, um, as Roz was talking about, in our handhelds, um, moving into our Star Trek frame of, frame of mind. And I see that as something that will consistently change over time, um, we may be um, looking similar to Google Glass and touching in the air the things that we need to um, get done in a day. Um, from a manufacturing standpoint, I think we will see an optimization of uh, technology and software within the industry itself where uh, it's just now starting to move uh, in that direction at this point in time. So the future is wide open, and I think startups will be playing a major role, especially with the new things that um, President Obama has said in the U.S., from the things that Germany or Eastern Europe are doing to Advanced technology and even in France where the startup community is growing exponentially on a daily basis, we are going to see startups advance and move, uh, into global companies that are assisting every other Fortune 500. So, look to your startup, technology is the way and innovation is at the startup level.
1: Thank you, Lamar. And I have to move very quickly to Arun Prasad at One Enterprise. I can give you about 45 seconds. Predict, go.
3: Yeah. Hey, I feel uh, there will be more collaborations in the future between big companies and small uh, startups where uh, mm-hmm. the uh, startups will actually start innovating and uh, ultimately, the commercialization will be done by the big companies. So I definitely feel startup will play start playing uh, more uh, important, uh, uh, you know, roles in uh, innovation and bringing, adopting new technologies. <laughs> and I am definitely excited about uh, the future. At least the next 20 years, uh, you know, uh, seems to be very exciting because the world will see uh, technology adoption as like never before. I think uh, you know that that's definitely going to actually happen.
1: Good prediction. Thank you, and Faraz Hoodboy at AT&T. I'll give you 45 seconds. Go.
4: Well, I think we're going to see, uh, exactly to Aaron's point, we're going to see a lot more collaboration between big companies and little companies trying to get to each's uh, areas of expertise. We're going to see a lot of growth around um, uh, the Internet of Things, where every component of our lives is going to start being addressable through the Internet and controllable through it. Um, We're going to see uh, network proliferation happen, where the network is going to be a service built into um, the, the, the gadgets that we use and how we're going to be able to make sure that they're not just standalone devices but really connected to a larger part of whatever area we're interested in and uh, finally I think we're going to start to see um, that network effect start to manifest itself in things like self-driving vehicles I think we're going to start mm-hmm. to see some really interesting things in, in um, uh, the, the drone space as well although I don't think we're going to be having pizza delivered by drones um, in the next five years
1: Well I want to know when the, jet, the Jetsons are going to deliver pizza to us one of these days I'm sure they're going to make a comeback Thank you for Roz I need about 45 seconds for my closing, so hang on here. Returning next Monday, we are getting a renewal, 13 weeks of our older series Financial Excellence with Game Changers all about finance transformation. That's Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific. Tuesdays is the day for Biz Buzz with Game Changers, 9 a.m. Pacific. Wednesday, Coffee Break with Game Changers at 8 a.m. Pacific. Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific is the Future of Business with Game Changers and we'll be right back here next Thursday afternoon, 1 p.m. Pacific, with another edition of Startup Focus with game changers thank you and kudos to Lamar Williams at Precogs in Paris feel better Arun Prasad get some sleep in Bangalore one enterprise for Roz Hood boy and AT&T you've got a couple hours to go before you fold up the tent thank you to Michelle Hickey thank you to Tom Flanagan great tweets thanks to Malcolm Kimberlin and Michael and the business channel team I'm Bonnie D. Graham and here's my call to action fasten your seatbelt. what are you waiting for go out and be a game changer today thanks to my panel for a great show talk to you soon bye bye <music>
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.